What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. No, she says f- fear of Tommy Lee. You mean the greatest American painter of our generation, Tommy? Painter of light. It turns into a post uh, post game interview with Gary Gaetti. Lots of vibes. <laughs> Hello and welcome. We're back. My name is Brian Beckner. You are listening to the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. From the ballerlifestyle.com. The dulcet tones of Vince Guaraldi. One of the finest jazz composers of the 1960s. It is a very special episode of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, number 199 in the series. That's nearly 200, one away from 200. Uh, We're going to break from our regular weekly topical sports and pop culture chat to discuss an iconic film from our childhood Of course, I'm talking about A Charlie Brown Christmas, which until today I thought was called Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. Uh, It is, you remember it very well. It would play every Christmas. You would make, and don't act like you didn't, you would make sure you were in front of the TV on the night that this came on. And I did notice that it was on, for your entire childhood, this movie was on CBS. From like 65, 1965 to 2000, every year. This piece of shit, I mean, this movie would play on CBS, like at eight o'clock on, you know, like a week before Christmas or whatever, two weeks before Christmas on like a Tuesday night. And uh, at some point, oh, because I don't know, uh, ABC got the rights to this movie. So now if it hasn't already, you could probably set your DVR and watch this sucker soon on ABC channel seven here locally Uh, joining me now to discuss this triumph of animation. It's the regular co-host of the program. Everyone here knows him. His name is Ed Daly. He lives in New Jersey. Ed, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, We, uh, there's some backstory, but let's uh, get through the introductions. Oh, I got, Oh, okay. We weren't, we weren't going to do. Oh, right. Oh yeah. 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 We can get into that. We can get into that. Um, also joining us, this guy, I tell you what, he is a fan favorite. I like him too. He's a good guy to hang out with. He's very dry. He once told me, people always expect me to say, I'm just kidding, but I'll never do that. And to me, I took that to heart 
That is very much who this guy is. You've heard him on the show many, many times, including at one point where he was he was given the lofty task of co-hosting the program. Ed Daly was away, and because of time zones, I'm doing air quotes, because of time zones, fuck time zones, by the way. Let's get rid of those. What, do we need time zones? The answer is no. Because of time zones, Ed Daly couldn't appear as in his regular co-hosting duties, so I... I spread that around to friends of the show. I didn't just say have one guy because it was a few weeks in a row. I didn't have just one guy come in and like do it three weeks in a yeah, row. Yeah, this is this is like Letterman having a heart attack. Like right. there were different people chipping a in. A lot of people wanted to get in on this. So one of them was this person that's about to appear. And in the middle of the show. <laughs> he, he wanted to get in on something else. Yes, yes. While we were recording, while we were talking to each other, I get a text from him saying, I need to wrap this up. I mean, we're, we're like 30 minutes in. Can we wrap this up? <laughs> Clearly he's never listened when he's not on it. Cause the show typically goes an hour or more, but he was ready to be done because he had some Tinder ass lined up. Let's be honest. Uh, we still love him. He's a great dude. He joins us now. Jason Stewart, Jason, how are you? Hey, Hello Jason. everybody. And, uh, a couple of things to clear up, uh, from the intro. I don't refer to any women that I meet on Tinder as "quote unquote" Tinder ass. I, well, I, didn't, all, I didn't say you said all that. Human beings, um, and uh, amid the um, you know Me Too campaign, I'm not about to to call my uh, friends on Tinder Tinder ass. Well, I didn't, and then, I didn't um, say you coerced them into sexual intercourse. I just said they got yeah. a lot of ass. Continue. And I think. I do think the fun, one of the funniest parts about that story is that I felt the need to uh, text you offline as if we were on right. some kind of live podcast. Like I couldn't, <laughs> right. I couldn't just, just stop it. it so, well, yeah. although the, the editing does become a pain in the ass. So if there is, I do actually sort of appreciate that because otherwise I would have had to go back and like take it out if I needed to take it out. Uh, but he's been known to bleep a couple of things. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Clean it up in post. Occasionally we use some names on here. Sometimes, Ed will tell a story where he took a guy out on a business dinner and the guy ordered two steaks, one so that he could take it home to his wife. <laughs> yeah. Like a monster. And we had it. We didn't. And want... I was looking around for other people and I guess people were used to this with him, like the people that went to. The... And so I was like, wanted some sort of acknowledgement that I was seeing something crazy. Like, like as if he said, I will, I will eat a, uh, a human kidney for dinner. Like, like I was looking around like it, is everybody seeing this? Like and, as, and people just kind of went about their business. It's like, amazing. Like as an as if an actual Yeti walked through the dining room and you're freaking out and they're just like cutting their steak like no problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to uh, – I'll just say his name is Dave. That – you yes. can find out which Dave it is. Right. Yeah. Dave, I believe this took place in the Memphis area. Yeah, well, it's, Dave in Memphis. Yeah. Dave in, if you know a Dave in Memphis, could be a monster. Could be the guy. Is was there a uh, was there a conditional um, order? Was it like I'll take a steak, and then could you uh, make a steak a little bit later and just bring it in a doggy bag? Yeah, it was something like that. It was something where he like set the whole thing. He goes, "I'm not done ordering. I'm gonna, I'm going to get something to go as well." <laughs> I'm, I'm like he not said something done like that. Ordering. And then as we're ordering, like, you know, a cocktail after dinner, that's when he orders the steak so it can be the right temperature when he leaves. Like a monster. What a monster. Balls. Um, so before we get into this, 
Ed, you you wanted to bring up something. Yeah. This was yeah, not, I, it was not originally our intention to review this movie. So each year we try to do we did the Jason was here. We did the Brady Christmas a couple years ago. Fantastic movie. One of and the all-time greats. We did the Karate Kid when it was the anniversary of the All Valley Tournament. We did. Right. But this year we're just like what's a funny Christmas thing to bust on and like the first instinct is what's the awful Christmas special? It was the Star Wars holiday special. And it's on YouTube. Anyone can check it out, but I would advise to not do that. So I watched it maybe, I don't know, it was like mid last week. I tried to give it a shot and I was grinding through it. And like, it felt like I had been watching for three hours. It was like 20 minutes. And I texted Brian. I was like, we're not going to be able to turn this one into comedy. I mean, one of the problems with Karate Kid 2, I mean, we, we still did a brilliant yeah, job, but boring movies are, are tougher than just like something that's kind of batshit crazy, crazy like the Brady's. Yes. Like in Star Wars, it was it was inexplicably bad. It was about Chewbacca's family. Shut at least up. the first. Yeah. And his wife is wearing a fucking apron. It's like you've got Shut fur up. with like dingleberries. Like, why are you wearing an apron? And. <laughs> <laughs> like, Chewbacca's the, nude. Chewbacca's got that big old Wookiee yes. cock flapping around uh, everywhere he goes. Yeah, and it's his dad. The, he lives with his dad, and there's a, his son. And his dad looks like a lollipop that was that fell on a barbershop floor, like just like real wispy hair. <laughs> and the son, like it's it looks like the costume department or the the you know the the special effects department's like. You know what? We're just we got we got 15 minutes to come up with three costumes that kind of look like Chewbacca. And so they did that. And then they're doing the introductions. And I was thinking, like, this could be crazy. This could be great because they say, first of all, they go, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will be preempted tonight. And they show a flash of Linda Carter, which is good. Then they show these starring Chewbacca's family. And you're like, what? What the fuck is this? And then B. Arthur and showing her Shut right up. after what? right after Wookiees. B. Arthur is a tough <laughs> choice. Maud. Then Art Carney and he's showing off all kinds of chest. Like he's got he's got this space suit down to his navel. Like he's and he's like sixty something years old. So it's like a variety show. Like it had and all the all the no, network people try, on it. They try to incorporate, but it wasn't like like. They had him playing roles like Jefferson Starship was in it. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Corman. And like. <laughs> we should have watched this. It sounds amazing. No, no, no. It, but that's the thing. It sounds amazing. And then, then they like pan. They keep panning in and out of where Chewbacca's home is. And it looks like a Thomas Kincaid painting. <laughs> like it's really bad. It looks you mean like the greatest American painter of our generation. Thomas Kincaid. Like, it looks like you're, you're. It's like you zoom in on a dentist's office painting and then it shows like Chewbacca's janky looking family and it just went on and on and like the Wookiees are talking to each other in Wookiee so like you don't understand what's going on and you just see like and then Chewbacca's wife is wearing the apron and she's watching a cooking show and it's Harvey Corman and drag trying to be like Julia Child oh it was I mean it's just a reminder of the the cocaine influx how, into Hollywood how could how a number I'm a, telling you it's number terrible. a how do they do they pray to Jesus Christ on Kashyyyk, Chewbacca's home I, planet? Yeah, two, yeah, that's right. Two, A, two, oh, how could Chewbacca have a wife if he's 
in a gay relationship with Han Solo and they're flying around in the Falcon all the time. And so they open it up and they're in the, the, the Falcon and it's, it's Chewbacca and Harrison Ford. Like the, the real actors are there oh God. and it's like, Hey, I know you got to get home for the holidays. And then, and then you zoom in, but like 99% of the first 20 minutes were just Chewbacca's wife, his rotten son and his cranky old dad. <laughs> Really bad. Having Christmas and speaking Wookiee. I know. I know what I'm describing to you makes it seem like, "Wow, this is so crazy! It's going to be good. hilarious." It sounds really. Don't. Good. I'm telling you, it's on YouTube, and you'll if you watch it, you'll see what I mean. It we wouldn't be able to get and that. That's about all the comedy you can get out of it. It's it's awful. But I felt like I I grinded out 20 minutes, so I f- should at least give my recap. Uh, the well, crazy thing about yeah. that is that is that. George Lucas was so protective of that brand yeah. for decades. Right. I mean, they're just they're You just never like even saw it on HBO or anything. No. He just never allowed people to like recreate it in any way, shape or form. And everybody um, was young. So it had, yeah. it had to be it's like right, right after the first one. Yeah. Unbelievable. And that, that, so that's on YouTube. I, the way you're describing it, it means I need to I need to watch yeah, it. I'm telling I'm telling you, like maybe the intro where you see, hey, and B. Arthur and Harvey so Carmen, and you're like, what? So Jefferson Airplane? <laughs> like what? What the fuck is going on? And then it just it just becomes this like weird domestic, yeah, uh, just like it's like a portrait of Wookies at oh, work in their house. This, it's, it's really bad. This George Lucas, he he's so protective over this stuff, and then. When he finally cracks open the vault and gets back into the Star Wars world, he gives us Jar Jar Binks and mm-hmm. emo Darth Vader. Yeah, and lots of Senate meetings. Hey, I, I, lots I of people watched, want to see meetings. I, I watched. Uh, I watched the uh, episode one over the weekend because it was on. They had a marathon on uh, TNT. You, I think. And yeah, you're going by episodes. Jar, yeah. Jar Jar was like. I, I can't believe they got away with that. Like if they would have done Jar Jar just a couple more years later, like George Lucas would have gotten the, uh, I don't know, like uh, Donald Sterling Polanski treatment. treatment. Yeah. yeah he would have been shipped out of the country. He's speaking in Patois. <laughs> yeah. It was one step beyond like the uh, Al Jolson mammy stuff. Like it was bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Uh, okay, speaking and I like I like when George Lucas when they they Disney bought the whole franchise and were like we're we're gonna revive it we're gonna be putting out a lot of movies and he's like yeah I'm here for input and they're like no 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 we we're good we got what we need from you we have like the original idea and then we're gonna we're gonna run with it no no I have ideas oh like Indiana Jones and the uh-huh. Crystal Skull you got uh, that kind of idea dude we wrote you a check with nine zeros on it so just right bye bye that's shut the fuck up money. Yeah, head back up, head back up to northern the the Yay area. Hang out up there. We're good. We're good down. And then there. they do it. Then they do a movie that's like still like ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. People loved it, uh, and he had shit to say about it. Yeah, like he he wasn't a fan of the 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 new one. I'm realizing as an adult that I'm not really a fan of Star Wars. Um. So the new Star Wars was okay, but the one, the Rogue One, I thought was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I a, thought Rogue good One was good. I liked the new one. Yeah, it's um, okay. It's okay. And he should be especially thankful because that took the nar- narrative and narrative away from Jar Jar. Right, that was the last yeah. t- uh, yeah. taste in our mouth. Was that prequel? 
that that everybody hated, and then they get a new movie and new excitement about the franchise, and people can stop talking about Jar Jar and how terrible that those three. Yeah. Were. Yeah, gotta agree with I that. think the one thing you got to give him credit for is that he put Jake Lloyd on the map. I mean, that guy's had an <laughs> amazing career. Quite a career. Quite yeah. A career. Yeah, really? he was in he was in Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you think when he cast um, Liam Neeson as Kwai Jong, whatever his name was, yeah. um, do you think when he showed up to set, they're like, um, "Here's your just you want to um, get some practice using your lightsaber," and he's like, "Oh no, that's that's quite all right. I have enough practice wield <laughs> wielding a saber every morning." to take a piss <laughs> i just want the rumor this this liam neeson he might just have an average size dick but everybody thinks he's got a no. huge one so that's that's what i want that's what i want he's that got rumor. big hands he's he really big he's dude. got a back in irish yeah. uh okay so speaking of animated pieces of shit um a charlie brown christmas Man, this movie's terrible, and it's one of those things where we were so deprived. There was only three channels when you were a kid. You would look forward. This like meant Christmas time when you were a little kid. I'll I'll give you the backstory. I, I definitely was like excited for it, like you were totally. saying in the beginning. Like that, I was pumped for it, and now it's got this weird hold on me in the sense that like I associate it with like Christmas time, like Charlie yeah. Brown, and when you're watching it and analyzing, you're like. Why the fuck is this like very Christmassy? It's just it's terrible. It's so sad. Um, you, you used to get real pumped up the, when the claymation ones, the claymation Rudolph would come. Um, yeah. The, the Charlie the Brown heat miser one. Yeah, the heat miser one. I used to get. There's a. Um, this is how much of a loser I am. I used to get real fired up for the Yogi Bear Christmas special. Oh. That's a good. That's a good one. Where, where like they get Snagglepuss and all those guys. Right, were in it's, it. it's basically oh, yeah. the exact Grinch Snagglepuss story. Plus even yeah, it's like it's just the Grinch, <laughs> except they substitute an ogre right. for it. And heavens, heavens to Murgatroyd! It's it's, it's, it's the Winter Warlock. Even it, it was like a bootleg. It was like a bootleg special. Like it wasn't on network. Like you had to find that shit on like Channel Nine or Channel Thirteen. Like it wasn't a it's serious. The same- same channel as like Great Space Coaster, like yes, yes. Marty Croft type <laughs> stuff. Exactly. But there was there was a, a group of these movies that would come on at Christmas time when we had three networks and we'd get fired up about them. And it turns out we were just so deprived. Um, a Charlie Brown Christmas, nineteen sixty five. It came out. Basically, they had to talk this. Charles M. Schultz, who in real life is Charlie Brown, like he's that guy. He was this super depressed cranky dude um he didn't want to like do minnesota it. or something yeah yep i believe so um he didn't want to do it it was one of these things where the network and coca-cola got mm-hmm. together and were like hey let's do something that we can sponsor that we can put on tv and it was sort of thrown together so charles schultz he fucking hated the animation one thing you can one thing you can give um charles schultz credit for also hated jazz and the movie is just buried in the Vince Guaraldi jazz soundtrack. Um, so he hated it. He wanted it buried, but it came on TV. They put it, Oh, CBS hated it. They showed it 
to the network people just um, just a few weeks before it was supposed to air. Like it was already on the schedule, and they were just they just kind of like held it back because they knew it was a big piece of shit. And they showed it to the network people, and the network people were like, "Oh my god, this sucks!" Um, <laughs> and you know they're like, "It's slow. It's sad. It's just no one's going to want to watch this." They put it on TV, and half. A full half of the televisions in America tuned into it. It was Jesus. a massive, massive hit, and it has run on television every single year for 52 years. A Charlie Brown Christmas. If you don't know the plot, just picture Charlie Brown being real mopey and everybody being a dick to him and him kind of deserving it. And that's basically it. Um, but he's, he's real sad about Christmas for unexplained reasons and he doesn't know why. And, uh, everybody's real mean to him. Um, so that's about it. How does it now? Yeah. Go on. I, I was going to say, I think, you know, we've done this on the podcast in some form in the past, but you know, half the, half of, the uh, television watching audience viewing audience was, was watching this, but let's, let's do just a quick recap of what, you know, passes for entertainment when it comes to comic strips, like Charlie That's Brown true. still might be the best of all those. I mean, think That's of true. like, just what, what, let's, let's go through it. Garfield was just straight up trash. You got a, yeah. uh, some gay heroin addict yes. uh, with his cat bugged out eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And like a cat who's it who hates Mondays, and that's it's been established. That's just bullshit. Why does a cat know about the days? He likes lasagna. Which what? Why, how would a cat know about lasagna? Totally. And then we learned recently that John drinks semen, right? Yeah, he drank cum in that one episode that we discussed that on the show <laughs> in that one strip, that very famous strip. He drank Odie semen. That's right. And then you got Family Circus, which is like somebody forgot the rest of the panels. It's always like. One thing that doesn't make sense, yeah. Like, like yes. Billy mis Billy mispronounced Awful. spaghetti, Awful. and that's it. You know, last time we discussed, uh, we discussed comic strips on the show. I forgot to bring one up for better or worse. That like hippie oh. family. And <laughs> now, what just, were they up to? Like the dad's a real loser, and the mom's a hippie, and the kids are just like hanging around. Like, how is that a thing? Why is that? Why is that still in the newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and everybody again they were kind of all mopey and dumb like nobody really it's crazy did they, like but was it supposed to be funny it's i, I thought sure. of two beetle bailey he had that oh, asshole sergeant God, yes like that wasn't funny but wizard humor. of id uh, wizard of id was like royalty humor is that oh i'm thinking of bc bc uh, was wizard of id with cavemen yes just cavemen <laughs> like same jokes over and over again. Kathy. Oh, she Kathy says, sucks. says Ack, Ack and loves her chocolates. I just feel like she's, <laughs> she's always PMSing Kathy. Like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I wonder how this, bikini, I wonder how this bikini try on session is going to go for Kathy. <laughs> Not good. Uh, Z- Ziggy, who's basically just oh, Charlie Ziggy. Brown with a bigger head. <laughs> Ziggy, Ziggy was Charlie Brown, but with no people around him. He had a dog too, though, didn't he? Didn't he have a dog? Like <laughs> I don't think his dog was feeling it either. <laughs> Andy Cap, abusive drunk, worse. And then, and then the weird ones that were like super serious—they weren't even trying to be funny. Dick Tracy, Mary Worth, uh. like the serialized one where nobody like—and that was one of those things that only adults could understand. That 
But right. does that mean there are adults tuning into the funny pages? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Uh, so let me give you some stats on the the because I just found them. The the program premiered on CBS December 9th, 1965 at 7.30, preempting The Monsters. Oh, one of the, one of the all-time greats. One of the greatest shows of all time was on, and they put this piece of shit on instead and was viewed by 45% of those watching television that evening with the number of homes Watching the special, an estimated 15.5 million. But get this. Still came in second place in the ratings behind NBC's Lucy Bonanza. Oh, Bonanza. Lauren Green, Dan Blocker. This That was a juggernaut. Uh, so wait, wait a minute. Right? It, Young Landon? It, yep. It came in second place. With yeah. 45% of the household, so... Like there are only 40... three things to watch, so whatever is in third place. Tough so 48% <laughs> was Bonanza, and then, like, what? 2% were watching whatever Two. was on... 7% ABC were watching whatever was night. on ABC? That was yes. probably, like, Captain Kangaroo, yeah. something real bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was panned. Um, it was awful. Uh, so it starts out there... Oh, here, I can play a little bit of it. I tried to. Let's see how that sounds. This is not my expertise. There's. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents. I'd send them Christmas cards and decorate the trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. But always I'm looking for a little present. Sally Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful piece of my Christmas and turn it into a problem. Maybe you, she's right. Yeah, it kind of sounds like shit. Um, this, so Charlie Brown's basically just a big downer. It's like snowing, and he's all bummed out, which I kind of get. What? Because it's snowing? Yeah, it's like there's a blizzard outside. Like, yeah, it, but the kids are like ice skating. They're doing kid things. I guess yeah, in the, in the blizzard. So yeah, it's like a, the super depressing when soundtrack, and it's like eh, eh, the snow's pouring down, and I mean it's. It doesn't seem like it's an accident to me with the soundtrack and the snow that the people that grew up on these movies are all clinically depressed. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is this is one of the only Christmas specials that doesn't feature like a vengeful or bummed out Santa Claus that needs cheering up. Like, I, f- I feel like all the specials, it's like Santa's the biggest asshole of all. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so there, it's it's blizzard conditions. Charlie's whining, um, and he's pigpen. He, pigpen's making dirt on the ice. Yeah, he's making dirt on the ice. The the dogs playing with everybody, and then Charlie goes home. And a couple things. First of all, his his mailbox faces his front door instead of the opposite direction. And if his mailbox is anything, if his mailman's like anything like all the mailmen I've ever had in my life. He's super pissed off about that because he's yeah. got to get out and walk around the mailbox to put the mail in. But this Charlie Brown, he's like, where's all my fucking Christmas cards? Who sends a little kid a Christmas card? He, he's like rats. I thought for sure I'd get something special from Jared from subway. Like what's <laughs> what, what little kids running out to the mailbox well, looking for Christmas cards? I think it's a good time to ask, where the fuck are the parents? Like, what's no? They're never around. They're never around. But they're rehearsing for a show. Who's who's watching the show? It's crazy. 
don't know. It's it's weird. There are no parents, which I get it. If your your kids are Lucy or Charlie Brown, sure, you're not really gonna want to spend too much time with them. Yeah. And was it? I, I'm not. I'm not horribly familiar with any of this comic strips or Peanuts, but wasn't it the Peanuts um, uh, shows that, where the adults had the the voices that That's were right. inaudible? That's right. Yes. None of yeah. them showed so, up. None of them showed up in this. But it was only episode. the teacher, I think. I don't even think the parents even got the like the the jazz horn for a voice. Right. They're not in the Great Pumpkin or anything either. The parents. No. I feel like they yeah. do show up once in a while. Well, you see, first, like when they're trick or treating, you see a rock go into Charlie right, Brown's that's bag. Right, that's right. The uh, first thing I, I I'm I'm noticing on the uh, as everyone's dancing around or or ice skating or whatever they're doing, it's there's really two people. Two kids that are not in the picture that to me are the most fascinating Peanuts characters. And again, I don't know if this predates these guys or what. And by guys, I mean literally uh, Franklin <laughs> yeah. and Peppermint oh. Patty. What, what Wait, and Marcy, say? her lover. No, they're Marcy just, they're is friends. Peppermint Patty's lover? No, they're friends. I mean, they're close friends. That we're but that honestly, honestly I. Are they not in every episode? Like, I thought they were part of the crew. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. Patty. <laughs> they're definitely, yeah, they're definitely not in here. There's one girl that seems like she's drawn a little bit like uh, Peppermint Patty because I thought it was her at first. Yeah. But it's not her. She's not wearing sandals and she's not like full of like machismo. <laughs> Does, is it kind of racist that, that Franklin doesn't make an appearance in the ice skating scene? Like why? Why, why couldn't he be out there ice skating with the rest of the kids? What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have a feeling, old Chuck Schultz, right? Growing up in Minnesota in like the '30s, wasn't super inclusive. Black people weren't a huge consideration for him. I noticed there's a lot of shaming in this episode for Pigpen simply for being homeless. Like what's it's not his fault. If I can, he's he's basically like Daquan from the wire, you know, his mom's probably on uh, crack. You're he's, saying poor Piggy. This is this is all he can do. Yeah, he's got he does acknowledge I, I was looking at it the other way. He acknowledges he's a sloppy piece of shit, dirty piece of shit. And yet he does nothing about no, it. No, he doesn't. He does but maybe he can't. Maybe he's getting he's gotta head off mom's SSI check before she can get it and sp- give it to the crack man so he can make some hamburger helper for his little brother. Like no no one stopped to think about that. It's true. It's true. Good point. Um and I think that I think that Pigpen um has to be uh a nickname, which is cruel. I mean, his, really his name is his name is probably Steve. You're saying you're saying his given name is not Pigpen, Jason. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. They're not really not. they're not really letting him rise above. No. no, it's like Charlie, Lucy, you know, Schroeder, <laughs> and then the Pigpen's a nickname, which is really cruel. Well, who would you rather be, Pigpen, who at least gets an invite to the party, or Franklin, who's just like not invited to anything? Doesn't here. even show up. Yeah. Uh, then they're like outside, and this is just how sad life must have been in the '60s before they had iPads and shit. Because they're like, one of the kids is like, "Hey, try to catch snowflakes on your tongue. It's yeah. fun. Like, what a blast! 
It's it's fun if you've literally never been exposed to any other wow. kind of sensory stimulate stimulation. Like if you're JC Dugard or one of the Chilean miners, like catching snowflakes on your tongue, probably pretty fun. But for just a regular person that exists in the world, not fun. Well, I mean, you didn't grow up with snow. Like it, it is something when you're out in the snow catching <laughs> snow with your your tongue. Like my kid did it yesterday. Yeah. Like it's it's what kids do. He did it for one second. <laughs> He did it. Yes, we, I mean second. that wasn't yeah. that wasn't. Le- this is what our activity should be today. Yeah, let's go outside and catch some snowflakes on our tongue. Then there's they're doing a thing where they put a they have a half open soup can and they put it they put it on a wall and they start trying to wing it with snowballs. They're literally like two to three feet away from they're like almost too close to be throwing snowballs at a can and they're missing they're missing by like seven eight feet finally linus has to come up and use his blanket as a sling and he wings one at it but again he's like nine inches from the can and he he's able to knock it off the fence just really not a lot of athletes and i think this has a lot to do with them not including Franklin in their activities. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just go back to when they're ice skating. They're all following the lead of Snoopy. Like, who who the fuck is Snoopy? He's like sort yeah. of like he can he's, read the newspaper. He's, a dog. he's leading figure skating. But then sometimes they just treat him like a dumb dog. Yeah. And it's it's a weird dynamic that they Definitely didn't figure out. And then isn't like it's while they're ice skating that Charlie Brown gets like boarded into a tree. Like he would have definitely broken his neck neck or gotten concussed for sure. He gets strangled by Snoopy and somebody else get him around the neck with Linus's blanket. Like he's he's about to get choked out before he comes flying out of the blanket. He nearly dies there. Uh, Yeah, Snoopy's kind of weird because he's in, like, they're making a play. Spoiler alert, there's a play happening here, a Christmas play. And Snoopy is in the play independent of Charlie Brown, who he belongs to. (laughs) Yeah, Charlie Brown goes looking for a tree and Snoopy's just there for, like, a half hour. He's hanging around. And, uh, yeah, and the whole thing is weird because... Back to, you know, him injuring Charlie Brown. Like, if your dog chokes you out and then maybe railroads you into a tree, right? right. you're going to have that thing put down. <laughs> For sure. For right? sure. I mean, you're not, you're, like, you're not putting up with that shit. If your dog's, like, trying to murder you, the dog gets put down. You're definitely not giving it stacks of bones. He's got, like, a whole graveyard oh, yeah. full of bones yeah. that he's eating, like, potato chips. Right. Um, Charlie's got to kill hobos just to keep uh, Snoopy satiated. Exactly. So this... Charlie, he's still, uh, he's moping around. Like he's a real bummer. He's bumming everybody out. And what does he do? He goes to Lucy. Yeah. His sworn enemy. And the town bully. Yeah. The town bully, the person that makes his life a living hell, the cause of his depression. And what does he do? He He asks her for advice. And what does she say? You need to give me a fucking nickel if you want some of my advice. He digs into his pocket. He he pays her money. Does he not realize she is his sworn enemy? What Ed? When a chicken needs advice, does it ask, nay, pay 
the Fox <laughs> for its two cents? I think not. No, hell no. Do hell the, no. Do the Yankees call the Red Sox for advice when they're thinking about signing a player? I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. She's she's going to be paid to to set him up to fail of even course, more. Of course. It's her it's it's her one it's her life's goal to ruin his life. And yet here he is moping on over to try to see what, you know, he's what his next step should be. And what does she tell him? You should you should direct our play. Oh, first she said first she starts listing um a a making a list of of possible ailments that he might have. So she's just rattling off phobias. Yeah, she's basically gaslighting him. She's like, "Well, you might have this. You probably have this. You never." And one of them, I swear to God, she says, "You may have phallusophobia." Oh, now she, really? Yes. Now she she explains in a way. She's like, "Oh, it's like fear of trees or something." But really, no, she says F- fear of Tommy Lee. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. She's fear she, of Neeson. She might be. She might be saying that he is scared of dongs. That might be uh, what she would explain to. a lot. Yes, definitely. I think she. I think uh, Peppermint Patty had had that phallusophobia. <laughs> could be. Now, yeah. um, now the now the whole thing with uh, this entire scene is this. I mean, I. Again, I'm not horribly familiar with Peanuts. I didn't follow along, and I'm glad I never did. Uh, This is a a comic strip and a show made for kids, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Good point. And there's a scene about depression and her diagnosing him with a bunch of adult things. And I'm thinking, what what is this scene? Who's this scene for exactly? Six-year-old. I just don't get an eight-year-old tapping into this kind of uh, thinking here. No, it's that. I mean, that's the entire comic section of the paper in a nutshell. Like, it's who's it for? Exactly. And and then, then this he finishes his therapy session with a further gaslighting from Lucy, the monster, where she's like, "Hey, maybe it'll make you feel better if you direct our Christmas play that we're putting on tonight." What qualifications does Chaz Brown have exactly to direct a, a theater piece? Not to mention that the offer is being extended by someone who revels in causing Chuck both physical and emotional pain on the regs. Like, does, yeah. does this guy not see through her deal? Uh, aside from being, uh, you know, opening himself up to bullying, he's clearly very stupid. He's he's like he deserves what he gets. Yeah. But but everybody around them is an asshole. Like it's Charlie Brown is is a pathetic loser. But all of the people, like even as bullies, they're pretty crummy. When they're all throwing snowballs at the can, yeah. Anybody who was around snow growing up, when you had snowballs, that's when you pelted the person you wanted to bully. Of course, <laughs> you throw it at a fucking can. Yeah. Charlie Brown's standing right there. You pack a huge, real good one. Huge head. Yeah. yeah. Put a little target. ice in it. Yeah. Take Charlie out. Load Get him up. right in the eye. What you do is you make a bunch. You don't make them on the fly. You have like six, seven ready. So you can exactly. just machine gun them. Um, then, so before he goes off to direct the play, he he runs into his sister. And his sister, apparently she can't write. I'm not sure because she's like, hey, take dictation. I need to make she's my like, Christmas list. Right? Yeah. And he's like, all right, yeah, I'll write it down. And she's like, her Christmas list is like, I want tens and twenties. What is, 
Is Sally Brown a fucking socialist? Like, has she been drinking the Bernie Sanders Kool-Aid? Like, <laughs> sorry, Sally, this is America. Get a fucking job. I don't think you're just not going to just get free money. That's not how it works around here. <laughs> yeah, she she says that I just want I just want what I'm owed. Yeah, that's I, I yes. just, I really I want just what's want, coming to me. Yes. Yeah, and and I'm thinking I 1969. It was a, a great foreshadowing into the millennials. Of the 2000s. Totally. Yeah. Well, they, well, yeah, these are the baby boomers. Like this is, they, they act like this is a, a modern phenomenon. This is 1965. The kids were doing this. This is, this is around the time of the Selma March. That's right. And she's talking about, she wants tens and twenties. People are getting beaten on a bridge <laughs> and she needs her fair share, which is tens and twenties. I want what I'm owed. Unbelievable. Fucking Malcolm X is getting gunned down this year and she's worried about her tens and twenties. <laughs> Fuck you, Sally. Um, th- so then they like there's practicing for the play. I'm not sure what they're doing exactly, but lose- well, uh, this is my question, yeah. and and maybe you guys can answer me. Yeah, that the the um the well known Peanuts theme that um by, by this jazz pianist or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the song, right? That's in in this in this episode. It's the typical Peanuts theme that everyone knows. The it's very called common. Linus and Lucy. Right. That's okay. the name oh, of the it? song. Oh, really? So, wow. So as we're, we're supposed to believe that they're, he's walking into them rehearsing the play, which is the typical Peanuts theme that, uh, that what's it, Schroeder's playing, and they're all just dancing like a bunch of 60s hippies. Well, they're on something, clearly. Yeah. Somebody spiked the punch bowl. Yeah. Wacky That's tobacco. the play? But that's the point. The right. parents are supposed to show up point. and watch them dancing like hippies to the same old music that has nothing to do with Christmas. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not gonna. It's not gonna go over I well. I think Sal, sure. Sally's like playing stand-up bass or something. She's five years old. Like how well, does she? It takes Snoopy's a lifetime to learn. Oh, Snoopy's Before on the bass. Even, even worse. That's yeah. Over that. No, he was like a guitar. Again, uh, who is this super dog? What is? What right, is exactly. He plays a guitar. He's got no fingers. But before that, that's what it doesn't be even before he gets into the the auditorium, he sees Snoopy uh, getting ready for a lights and display contest with like money prize. Yes, that's right. So that's a doghouse in somebody's backyard. Yeah. What, what kind of like what kind of contest is that? And and where is he running the power from? Like, is he plugging into the house? Is he is the dog right. allowed to have extension cords? Yeah, again, Charlie can have this dog put down. Instead, he's getting he's getting the fucking wiring for a, a doghouse. Well, maybe maybe he's waiting for him to chew through uh, the, yeah, the wiring. I see where you're maybe do do himself. And also, at some point, and this would never be allowed today. Lucy, and she does it on a couple occasions, but mostly to Linus. I, are they related? Linus is her brother. The Van Pelts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Sally, she, Sally Brown and Charlie Brown. She's threatening him with physical harm. Like she's got the she's got the the quintessential bully. Like get him by the front of the shirt with your left hand while she's balling right. up the right hand, letting him know, hey, I'm I mean business here. If you don't do what I tell you in this play, I'm gonna fuck you up. And I just don't feel like that would fly in today's world. We we hear yeah. a lot about bullying these days, and this Lucy is a super bully, and she's glorified. <laughs> um, and remember, in that, that scene where she is grabbing and bullying, in the background, the stand-up bass is Pigpen. Oh, so again, man. if this guy's homeless, those fucking stand-up basses are not cheap. Well, but also, 
it makes sense. Like short like heroin. Yeah. Short of the saxophone or the trumpet. <laughs> yeah. Is He's there, like bird. Is there any more of a heroin indicator than affinity <laughs> for the stand-up bass? I mean Charlie Parker Jr. Yeah, here. He is he is this pig pen is it all the signs are there. He is homeless. He's dirty. He plays the bass. He's a he's low key. <laughs> this guy's got a problem with junk. He needs some help. Yeah, that, that's a problem. Yeah. We figured it out. Um, I will say that I yeah. will say this that Lucy's uh, Lucy's line of you know as I'm watching all 27 minutes of this and um, it was a hard watch. W- wildly depressed and confused the whole time. <laughs> but I will say that her five reasons. You're going to do this for five reasons. Yeah. And then making the fist ultimately, that's a pretty good move. Like I, I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, I, I might, yeah, I might yeah. have to use that one someday. That's right. I don't know. I don't know how, how or where I would use it, but that's she's a pretty the ground good. zero of bullies. Yeah. She, yeah. This is, this is the early days of bullying. Like she was, she's uh, the bully that all bullies are molded after. Um, that we finally get introduced Schroeder's around, but he's not really talking much, but we're realizing right. everybody wants to fuck him. Like Lucy's there. She's fucking drooling on his piano. Like she's getting real sexed up. Sally's into it. Um, and I believe he's has a conversation with Sally though, where he's talking, is it Sally or Lucy where he's talking about Beethoven? And he's like, oh, it's, Lucy. it's Lucy. It's Lucy. And he's like, she doesn't even know who Beethoven yeah, is. He's like, he's like, oh, that's Beethoven. And she's like, oh, Beethoven's bullshit. He sucks. And he's like, what? And he like, he gets enraged. He's like, cause this guy's into his music. You know, he's like, yeah. what are you talking about? This Beethoven's the best. And she's like, oh, she's like, let me ask you this. He ever get his picture on a bubblegum card? She's like, what did she, she say? She's like, um, no, nobody's, he can't, how can he be great if he never got his picture on a bubblegum card? Well, Lucy clearly never got any Manny Sanguians in her pack or <laughs> she never got a Bob Baylor or a Sixto Lescano. Cause there's plenty of dudes that weren't great that were on bubblegum cards. I, I right. would say most like you hardly ever, sure. got, you hardly ever got a Pete Rose or Reggie Jackson. Yeah. A lot of Pete and Cavillia's in there. Plenty of those guys. You'd see those guys all the time. <laughs> Amos Otis, he popped up every pack. Sometimes you get doubles <laughs> of Amos Otis, but no, never, never anybody. Kent Oh, tons of him. <laughs> Serial killer um, glasses and all. I think and that was a. Uh, I I do I do remember one Beethoven carb and. Uh, oh, did you? Un- yeah, underneath the uh, underneath the keys, um, there's "fuck you" written, just like uh, Billy Ripken's <laughs> card back in '89. Fuck face. Oh, that's what I'm at. Was it um, was it an inaction? Was he playing the piano really hard? <laughs> playing it really hard. Yes. I I do think that. Uh, I thought I had read at some point where Keith Oberman uh, spent money on Tris Speaker, and then he um, he bought a rookie Rock Monanoff card too. Oh, there nice, you go. good one. It's almost as good as Tatooine. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and and by the way, if if for some reason somebody tunes in and they like just kind of feel bad for Charlie Brown, all of that evaporates when you see. Uh, him take over as director and giving yes, him all these hard rules. Totally. Like, buddy, we're starting in like two hours. Like, cool it with the rules. He's he's just he's not like he's just hired as director, and he right. comes in. And this is like when you get a new manager or you get a new coach in the middle of the season, and he's like, "All right, 
Uh, I'm the new coach and I got a whole new playbook and you got to learn it. He comes in and he's like, okay, if I do, if I, if I go to my cap and then point to my right elbow, that means I need you to speed it up. If I, and he's got, he's got a whole set of signs that he expects these people that have been rehearsing presumably for weeks to do this play. (laughs) He's, he's going to change the whole game just because he's him. He's got, he's got no experience. He's got no pedigree. No, it's unacceptable. That's crazy. Um, but everybody hates him. Um, they're it's all like, we got to get him out of here. They're all like, and it's like not even veiled at all. It's like, like actual dialogue from the movie are like, Hey, you're a fucking loser. Charlie Brown. You suck. What a dipshit. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Like, hate it's, you. Yeah. Yeah. We hate you asshole. Get the fuck out of here. But all because they sent him out to get a treat. And I will say this. I read on the Wikipedia that he, that this movie killed the sale of aluminum Christmas trees, which I happen to enjoy. Um, but they're not, they, 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 they were very popular at the time. And after this movie, nobody wanted an aluminum Christmas tree anymore, but they did give rise. This movie did give rise to this kitschy little thing that a lot of broads try to pull. Like you go shopping for a Christmas tree and you'll see these people and the broads will be like, oh, let's get a Charlie Brown tree. I like, I want to get a Charlie Brown tree. And you're, <laughs> and these days, a Christmas tree is like 80 bucks. And yeah, like 10 bucks a foot. Yeah. And she's like, let's get the shittiest one on the lot. Let's, let's spend a hundred bucks with tip getting out of here for the shittiest tree they have that they're going to throw on the fucking fire at the end of the <laughs> season anyway. Let's buy that from them. Let's do that. Terrible, terrible, yeah. and also trend. Also, I had—I mean, they didn't show this part, didn't they? You assume it's edited out. They must have collected money. They didn't just say like, "Go buy us a tree." I don't think. Oh, and he went and so cut one down. Was he, was, was he pocketing the money yeah. because he get he comes back with a piece of shit? Like yeah. he came back with the twenty dollar tree when they gave him enough for an eighty dollar tree. Like Charlie again is asking for this. This hostility. That's a real good point. That reminds me of a time when I was in college. I was like working as, I was like the mailboy at this company that made eyeglass catalogs. Mm. And I had a truck. So they'd be like, hey, anything that needed to like go get picked up or anything, they'd send me in my truck. And they're like, hey, um, it was Christmas. They're like, can you go get a Christmas tree? Like go, they gave me the company credit card or whatever. And they're like, go to, um, target or wherever and get a Christmas tree. And I'm like, all right. And so I go over, I go and like, they have all the displayed Christmas trees and then they just have the ones on the ground that they haven't opened yet. They're still wrapped up. So I'm like, Oh, that's just easier to carry. So I just grabbed one that was still wrapped up and threw it in my truck. And then I I brought it into the office and the office manager's like, wait, she's like, you didn't even look at it. I'm like, no, they're all the same. Like, how bad could it be? It's just it's all a tree. Up. Yeah. It's a tree. I, uh, the company ended up closing down. I'm, I don't know if it was because they employed me or not. But, uh, well, so, yeah, they do. The, that was a bad business day for them. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. He gets the tree. They all hate it. Exp- explain to me. Explain to me again why he had to get the tree. Yeah, that's a good what question. Was, what was the tree? Well, they, don't they have props people to get things? <laughs> <laughs> or make it. I mean, props. Yes. The rest make, of the state looks like shit. Wood. You need an authentic tree? Yes. Get some fucking cardboard out there. That's a really, and, really good point. 
And also when he's getting the tree, that's when he notices that Snoopy's like all decked up. And His he's house. been there. Yeah, he's been sitting there dancing with Schroeder for the last three hours. When did he have time to decorate? Um. Yeah, that's a good, good point. Like, when is he? He's there, like, with the crew. He's he's in the cast of the play. He's playing like animals, right? Yeah, he plays all the animals. Like, the, he can do them on command. He's like some kind of like savant dog where he can imitate other animals. It's crazy. He should be studied. Yeah. And then also when Charlie leaves him in the auditorium, like is somebody supposed to pick up Snoopy shit? Cause like he's out. <laughs> That's a really good point. Like, you know, Snoopy's taking a dump on the stage while Charlie's <laughs> Charlie's getting the tree. They never, they never reference that part. Yeah. There's so many reasons to hate Charlie. Of Snoopy's deal. Like Snoopy just runs free. Is he just shitting in the snow and in the Snoopy you Snoopy know. just ate like 45 bones. I'm going to leave him on stage and go get a tree. Um so this uh, this whole thing so his whole depression is leading up to something and this and this you know they're in the they're in the multi-purpose room or wherever they're putting on this play and the Charlie's like I just fucking don't get Christmas. Like what is going on? And all of a sudden everybody's bullying him. Everybody's in laughing at Charlie Brown. He's really at a low point. And then the mood's going to get brought way down. Yeah, because here comes Linus with his blanket, and he's bringing Jesus with him. Yeah. And he, do, he does. It turns into a post, uh, post-game post interview with Gary Gaetti. Lots of Bible. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> yes, he's. It, it's like Evander Holyfield. Yeah. After give, give me the Dan Gladden interview, interview. I don't want to hear Gaetti ripping off Bible verses. One time when I was when I went to spring training, the Orioles spring training, and it was like Mike Flanagan, and he he signs my baseball card with like the John three sixteen all over the card. I was like, what the fuck is this? Your name's not John. Like get get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so good uh yeah he does that he's this linus he basically just starts reading from the bible like one second you're watching word for word. you're watching peanuts the next thing you know you're like wait is this an episode episode of davy and goliath like where's where's the claymation here because this is this feels- davy the kid with the blind blanket's really bumming us out <laughs> It's all of a sudden it's like six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. And it's like Davy and Goliath is on. And the, the for the first time in all of Peanuts, Charlie does the right thing. He's like, all right, I'm getting the fuck out of here. He just takes off. When when Linus is doing that speech, Charlie's out. (laughs) Just just like when anybody brings up God, the first thing you do is just check out. Yeah. That's, you treat that's them the like somebody with a clipboard on the sidewalk. You just look past them and keep going. <laughs> yeah. And I think this feeds into um, you know, the, the narrative that that Schultz just wasn't happy to be doing this because totally, if, if, we're happy. It's at not all. seeing a lot of happiness. No, it's like you're you're a comic strip writer. You do these specials or what have you, and your entire world is about nonsense. Charlie Brown being yes. depressed about the things that don't matter in life. It's a, just about complete nonsense. And for you to write an episode where the culmination is Linus finds God and has a, you know, three minute soliloquy from the Bible. 
that none of your little nonsense matters because this is why we all celebrate Christmas anyways. It's like, to me, that's kind of a mail it in. Like, you could just do any episode with any nonsense, and as long as Linus is there uh, preaching from the Bible, then we're all supposed to feel good. Like, you're right. We shouldn't really care about our our, you know, menial problems on a daily basis. Totally. But I'll take it a step further because I want to know, is the irony lost on anyone that there's an anti-commercialism message in the Christmas episode of the most commercially successful comic strip of all time sponsored sponsored by by (laughs) Coca-Cola. <laughs> what were people watching this going? Hey, wait, hold on, oh, wait a second. <laughs> isn't there a isn't there a line in this episode? Didn't I didn't I overhear it when I was too busy being bored? The they were saying something like uh, this is the commercialism, uh, something about capital capitalist evil people that uh, from the east. That it's oh that there, there's a specific oh. line about people in the east they are take profiting the, off of the Ruskies. The Ruskies take a shot. Interesting, interesting. I didn't uh, get I'm, that I'm, part. I'm, I'm dead serious. And then yeah, they keep bringing up commercialism. Yes, fascinating. Okay, and that's pretty much it. Uh, anybody have any final thoughts? I think well, then yes. Continue. Then they go out. Yeah, and then they dismantle Snoopy's decorations. Oh, right. Like, Snoopy won first prize. I mean, we could talk about what bullshit this dog is, but like he won first prize and Charlie did nothing to like make his tree better. And then they just, they're like, all right, fuck off Snoopy. We're taking all your decorations and and giving it to Charlie. It was, it was the biggest thievery like that in an episode. And I'm thinking they were probably made in the same year since Remember when the Brady Bunch had to make a girls' clubhouse with the with the oh, along yeah. with the boys, yeah. Yeah. and they was, they built this amazing girls' clubhouse, and they're like, "Man, how did you get all the nails for that?" And then somebody looks at Bobby, and then they look at the boys' clubhouse, and it collapses because yeah. they took all the nails out. Right. Yeah. Somebody could have gotten hurt. Totally. Bobby really fucked. That almost hit Cindy. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Um, is that it? Are you do you guys have anything else to add? Because I think we can do we so, can we can wipe this. How old are they supposed to be? Like eleven, ten? Yeah, yeah. So how many of these kids do you think died in Vietnam after this? <laughs> it's sixty-five, like a <laughs> couple of them may maybe caught the tail end well, before. Maybe, before but it, down. <laughs> things things were winding down by the time. It was winding down, but yeah. By the time they got their lottery. Well I'll tell you who wouldn't have had much of an argument. You know, Pigpen was sent right oh, over. And Franklin, hundred <laughs> percent. Franklin, Franklin got drafted. Yeah, had no chance. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that movie is just—it's iconic for reasons that I still don't understand. Um, but we—I hope that we were able to add a little something to your childhood and to to lighten the mood. I want to bring on Fancy Sauce. What? To do a little pop culture. Are you guys into that? What a surprise. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't, well, I wasn't expecting it. Bonus. But uh, I thought she she came, she arrived on the scene. Hold on, I have to do a little I have to do a little technical beside, behind the scenes work to pipe her in. Hold on. Pipe her in. How's that sound? Katie there? Here I am. Joining us now, everybody. 
the Baller Lifestyle Podcast pop culture reporter. I do. Fancy sauce. How are you doing, Fancy? Hi, I'm good. Uh, so, Kate, growing up as you did mm-hmm. at the very bottom of the planet, of course, I'm talking about Australia. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the world. The very bottom of the world. Did you guys, were you exposed to peanuts? Charlie Brown, Lucy, Loosely, Snoopy? Yeah. Yes. Were these, was the Christmas special? Now it's summer. Your Christmas is in the fucking Barbie time. summertime. Yeah, you're yeah. barbecuing shrimps. And this Charlie Brown Christmas, it's all no, snowy. We was got, that, that wasn't on telly there, right? Yeah, I think it was. I've it never was, seen it. You though. don't. So you don't know anything about no. it. You don't have any cultural. I mean, I knew Snoopy was growing up, but I didn't watch that. I don't think it you was a big Snoopy. thing. You knew mm-hmm. of Snoopy. Like I did. You saw him like. I probably on, had like a Snoopy. I had Snoopy. I recall having Snoopy bed sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Kate, what is you join us to talk about pop culture? What is going on in the world of pop culture? What is happening in the gossip celebrity world? Well, I don't always report week. about celebrities, as you know. Yes, that's sometimes true. it's just pop culture stuff. That's right. I think this falls into that category. Okay. 23 year old adult film actress, August Ames was found dead on Tuesday morning following an online blow up after an arguably homophobic tweet. According to the blast, she died of asphyxiation by hanging. This was a big story. She's committed suicide. Yes. Um, Ames had criticized women who worked with male actors who also did gay porn tweeting. Do agents really not care about who they're representing? Well, yeah. Well, I th- I th- it was my understanding that she said she's did, so this wasn't was a, comfortable working with. She said, "Whichever lady performer is replacing me tomorrow for erotica news, you're shooting with a guy who has shot gay porn just to let you know." Mm. BS is all I can say. Do agents really not care about who they're representing? Um, I do my homework for my body. Well, RIP, that is terrible news. Online bullying. Jason Stewart, you're a man. Yeah. You've been known to bing a lot of pornography. You are well-versed in the world of pornography. Are you familiar with this actress, RIP, August Ames? I, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't familiar with yes, her of work. Course not, of course not. She's very uh, prolific. I was unaware of uh, her history of bipolar. Um, she did and suffer from depression. depression. I mean, I think that can be assumed yeah. based on line of work. That's true. Um, I and I'm guessing she had uh, daddy issues and and yes. you know chemical abuse issues. But yes. like, I, I I I was fascinated by the story. Uh, I think her last tweet to the world, Kate, wasn't it? Fuck y'all. Fuck Did y'all. you see that? Fuck y'all yeah. was her last tweet really in response sad. to everyone that was having um, a go at her about Do, her, you know, but, but could, homophobic. But could we could we tweet. could we come up with uh, if we were to do ourselves in tonight? Could you guys tell me what your final tweet would be? Um, go beach. Hot, hot dog is not a sandwich. <laughs> I would agree with that hundred percent. Uh, that's very morbid, Jason. Um, mine would probably be my, um, the tagline that I'm famous for, cash me outside. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, I will say this. this um, it's very sad. This it is Depression. Sad. And what, what, with suicide, tragedy. what they say about suicide is that it is often a fleeting impulse. That if you just call someone or speak to someone mm-hmm. in that moment, 
it will, the feeling to end your life will go away. And so I would say anybody within the sound of my voice, if you ever have that feeling, don't call me, but call somebody that can, there's lots of people out there willing to help you. Um, this August Ames, I, she was not my particular cup of tea, but she was very pretty. She was pretty. Yes. She was a, um, very prolific porn star. And I will say this, the, the world of pornography these days, a lot of very attractive women working in that field. I recall as a child, there were not like real beauties doing porn. And now you, now it's almost become a respectable industry to work in. Like they talk about how the industry's dying because no one pays for pornography anymore that they bing it like Jason Stewart. Uh, but still more and more super, super attractive women getting into that line of work. So there must be some money to be made somehow. Or more just there's you're never going to get rid of psychological that's true that's damage. True. So they're they you like, just they're they they're like doing a better job of scouting. Yes. But there's always going to be people with problems. But yeah, I remember in middle school when we like found my buddy's uh-huh. dad's porn collection, yep. and it was sometimes tough parsing who was the man and who was the woman. Really, there, yeah, yeah. It was some rough ones. It was, it was uh, you really had to work hard to find a scene back then. Uh, okay, Kate, what else is going on in the world of pop culture? What is happening in Fancy Pop? Um, really good actor and handsome person, man. Yes. Bobby Cannavale. Oh, Bobby. Do you guys know who Bobby Cannavale is? Bobby Cannavale. Is? Love him. Great yeah. on uh, Boardwalk he Empire. He is a tremendous yes. actor. He's good in everything. Yeah, he's, a he's very handsome. Kate McManus, you are somebody who is well known to be true. To your man, you would never stray. You would. You've never been known to have a wandering eye. But <laughs> in a vacuum, in a world where you were a single person, Bobby Cannavale looks mm, your way yeah, from across he's in the my bar. Top five for sure, you would for sure have sex. You're on the record. You would have sex with Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, yes, in the bar on the spot. Absolutely. Okay. He well, he has a he has an Australian yeah, wife or girlfriend. Um, he is. Um, partner is uh australian actor rose Rose burn um who's gorgeous yeah they've just had their second child great looking feel the name of the baby boy rafa interesting that is not a name rafael nadal what was the name rafa rafa r-a-f-a rafa Rafa. that's just but that's his nickname rafael nadal what like why not call it rafael just rafa so we gotta hope the parents are good with money and it's going to be hard to get that resume They've read. They've got a two-year-old <laughs> called Rocco, so they thought it yeah. went well with Rocco. Well, he's Rocco a, and Rafa. He, I assume he's Italian, being that his name is Bobby he's, Cannavale. He's Latin, I believe. Is he? Well, I don't know. Uh, last name. It sounds very Italian. Yeah, uh, so Rocco makes sense, although it's He does say kind I hadn't given name. one of my children a Latin name yet, so I wanted to oh, honor my mom's side of the family. Oh, so maybe his dad was Italian as Puerto mom. Puerto Rican. Interesting. Well, congrats to them and little Rafa. Yeah. Um, this next story does not, won't shock you guys, um, didn't shock me. According to legendary punk manager Danny Fields, David Cassidy was not the squeaky clean teen his fans imagined. Marking the passing of the Partridge Family star died two weeks ago, Fields, who managed the Ramones and Iggy Pop, wrote an account for pleasekillme.com, um, during which a fan cr- was crushed to death. Um, sorry, of Cassidy's tragic 74 UK concert. Yeah. During which a fan was crushed to death. Yes. Skipped skipped a bit. 
Um, in the piece, Fields writes, as some years after the gig, Cassidy told him, like it or not, I had to publicly be publicly cutesy um, and an eternal virginal teen. Um, I was actually a wild fucking maniac back banging oh, every girl yeah. I could. Yes, he was. I mean, not shocked. That is a nice um, obituary. I would like it is if because R.I.P. David Cassidy. I would like it if after I died, someone was like, let people know that I was super masculine. <laughs> like this David Cassidy, he was like a little guy, yeah. but now now very, he's very gone, pretty. and his manager is like, whoa, hair. just hold up, guys. Just so you know. Dude, like to fuck, okay? Like, like, I want somebody, if, <laughs> if I have an untimely passing, I would like very much if somebody got Brian's up. going on the record. Right. Get up at my funeral <laughs> and just let have a party, have a good day, and just let it be known <laughs> that I like to get down as well, okay? Just put that out there. Sorry, Mom. Uh, <laughs> now, who? I, don't th- I don't think she's a listener. <laughs> what were you going to say, Ed? Well, is this a bigger upset, Bonaduce av- outliving another member of the cast. Is, is this crazy. a bigger yes. upset than when Willis was the last <laughs> remaining yes, drumming that's kid? That's crazy. That is a really, really good it point. It is crazy. So you're saying Susan Day is on the clock at this point. Cause I haven't seen her around much lately, but I assume yeah, she's Elliot Law still was a long alive. time ago. I assume she's still kicking. So it's down to her and Bonaduce at this point. Cause I'm, I assume Ruben Kincaid has kicked off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rube. Rube <laughs> is not long for the not earth, yet. but, uh, yeah, and and when I say Drummonds, of course Sam doesn't count. Those years don't count. Not, of course not. Look, he's a Newport Beach resident. Sam, he had a sweet mullet in Terminator too. Worst. Uh, okay, Kate. Anything else? Um. Yeah. Celebrity car crashes. Britney Snow is oh, one of the stars of Hitch huge Perfect. Huge fan. Remember Why what you? Such a huge fan of her. That really annoys me. I've recently. Her name is Britney Snow. She's like. Um. She's in oh, this. She's in Pitch Perfect. Perfect. All those pitch perfect. I don't know that. What you know, you don't watch the pitch perfects. I mean, I know what it is, but I don't. It's, you I don't, don't have. have it's about acapella singing. It's about acapella singing. Oh yeah. If you had little girls, you would know about Hold pitch on. perfect. I'm gonna Google Britney Snow. You can continue Brittany with the story. Spro- um, she rear-ended someone at a high rate of speed back in um, 2016, and now yeah, the like driver. I'd like to rear-end her with a high end of speed. Oh, for sure, 100. The driver is suing um, her mom as well as Britney. Maybe they were both in the car. Um, I was shocked to see, because I saw a picture of this. She's driving a fucking Bentley. She's driving a white Bentley. She's done a lot of damage to the front end of it. Yeah, that, oh, that thing's fucked. She's but how can she smashed afford, a, into this person. A Bentley can be like 400 grand. How's she, are the Pitch Perfect movies paying that well? Yeah. I mean, I know they've I done three. So. Uh, let me Let me see if she's been on Workaholics. She um, works. She's in the Pitch Perfects. I'm just wondering if they've seen her in anything else. I've seen her. I've definitely seen her. It's yeah, just hair. Hair's on a hairspray. It looks like. I just don't think she's good. A, she's on. She, she was on Gossip Girl. I do not think she's attractive. Guys, gentlemen of the group, have we looked at a picture of Britney Snow? What do we think? I've seen enough. I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Really? Hundred percent in. You guys have bad taste. Yes. I have. I will. I will say. I have recently unfollowed her on um, Instagram. I didn't know you Not her. enough bikini shots. Brian follows the most random people. Yes. <laughs> and then he'll tell me that I've just unfollowed them. I'm like, you followed them? Yeah. <laughs> Britney Snow. Long? Britney Snow was one of those people. <laughs> Jason Stewart, can you pass judgment? What are your What are your thoughts on Britney Snow? Have you binged um, her? I don't know she's a cutie. I, I yeah. wouldn't say she's. I wouldn't say she's my type, but she's, she's all right. She's, yeah. 
Yeah, she's cute. Looking. Uh, okay, what else is going on, Kate Chris, McManus? Um, uh, some sports, um, celeb sports news. Chris, ba- Chris Bosch's mom um, tells TMZ Sports allegations she's trafficking drugs out of her Texas home owned by her uh, NBA star son are ridiculous and untrue. Um, apparently, she built a home with Chris roughly 12 years ago, but since then, their relationship has deteriorated and he's been trying to evict her. They haven't spoken in five years, she says. Wow. Is it difficult? Do you think it's difficult to evict, evict her because she lives on that underwater planet that <laughs> Jar Jar Bosch is from? Uh, I was thinking, you know, she she's a strong woman. She gave birth to a dinosaur. <laughs> um, that's got to be there, weird. I guess there was she's, a police raid on her. My son home. is half brontosaurus. <laughs> He's a, he's a very the cops neck. claim when they raided the home that they found evidence connecting Frida's house with a drug trafficking operation. Um, that would be tough to have. You buy your mom a house and she's <laughs> slanging dope. The cops out of the house. believe crack cocaine and heroin were being trafficked out of the home. Wow, crack and heroin. It was like the wire over there. Uh, Poor Chris Bosch. So if you're keeping score if yes. if you're keeping score with the uh you know, the big three of Miami, you have LeBron's mom who had sex with Delonte West. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Uh-huh. And uh, Chris Bosch's mom, now a drug trafficker, obviously has issues. And he's half we- dinosaur. And Dwayne Wade, um, I saw this a few weeks ago. I don't know if you guys covered it on the podcast. But uh, Gabriel Union going on some, uh, some radio show and admitting that she... Uh, she she doesn't mind doing the the analingus and that yeah. most guys yeah. really like it and they are just afraid to admit it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> she so she should be shamed for that or what? No. Or that should be embarrassing to Dwayne Wade? No, no what he sh- lock her up, Dwayne. What? It's, it's, yeah, what what sh- what he should be embarrassed about? Is I remember he was on a talk show like Conan or something a couple years ago. He was promoting a book he was writing about fatherhood, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> I was I was thinking, yeah, I, I could use some lessons from Dwayne Wade, the guy who lives seven states away from his kids and has a trillion dollars. Yeah, I I, I, I need to know how I could be a better I, father. Than I, Dwayne Wade. I think he's probably very active in his children's lives. I did. If you want something that he should be embarrassed about, I saw something on a website today that was um, like what does Dwayne Wade want for Christmas or something? And number one was all things Uggs. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's where child services are supposed to swarm in. Do Uggs even come in a size 15? Like, (laughs) that's shocking. Uh, That's where the feds come in like Ilian Gonzalez and just take everything away. I don't, uh, I'm not mad at, uh, I'm not mad at Dwayne Wade. Uh, Anything else, Kate? Um, Yeah, on the sexual assault um, front because there's one every week. Um, Brian Singer, director of the film su- The X Men, oh, has yeah. been sued for allegedly sexually assaulting a 17 year old boy in 2003, according to a lawsuit mm. um, recently filed in Washington State. Mm. I feel like this has this been guy swirling for totally, many, years. many years. So I hope he goes down if he did it. A lot of twink yes, parties, a lot of, um, of young boys being delivered with yep. dreams of making it into X Men movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just super bummed that local TV newsman legend Jason Stewart, you'll know who this is, Fox <laughs> 11 legend Steve uh-huh. Edwards yeah. abruptly fired today. Rumors. Really? 
of sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dropping like flies. Tough, tough day. Oh. But you got yeah, to- even in the non-famous world, like. It's they're all dropping like there were there was a massive story about uh CEO of an ad agency, like a major ad agency, like they're all going down. Mm-hmm. Well, those ad guys like to fuck. Oh, I did see like, that on ad agency. <laughs> Usually seen, not I've women. Seen, I've seen Mad Men. Uh anything else, Kate? Now that wraps it up for uh, Fancy Pop I'm this week. So stoked you could join us. A little Me too. bonus action here. Yeah. Also very just made it in the nick of time. I'm also very stoked that Jason Stewart got to join what a us treat. we will have him back again soon what everyone, a christmas tree everyone is always so excited to have jason stewart <laughs> on the show he is a hero to all well, uh, loved it guys loved it guys and i, I will say this um yeah. my outgo my outgoing um thoughts uh donald trump heard we were doing brown christmas and he didn't want to do it wow fantastic i don't i'm not even gonna pretend like it's worth the that. wait I'm Where's the wait? Uh, Jason Stewart, do you want to update us on your power rankings? Actually, <laughs> tease that. Jason Stewart will be updating his power rankings on Twitter. Yes, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Jason yeah, Stewart's Wednesday night. updated power rankings on Twitter at Jason Stewart. Yep. Uh, uh, Ed Daly, you are a mensch. You are a hero. Oh. We're going to be wrapping up this carefree year next yes. week. Next week, <laughs> the 200th episode of the Baller Lifestyle. Woo! And it's going to be a thrill wow. ride of last yes, 2017. We, we are going to review the year. Kate might have to get off work early so mm-hmm. she can be a part of the entire a lot program of laughs. Because there's a lot, a lot. And yeah. you know what, guys? If there's something that happened this year... Hit me up on Twitter at Brian Beckner or send us an email, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. Anything you would like to talk about um, on the end of your show, hit us up and we'll try to incorporate everybody's thoughts. Uh, We appreciate your patronage. You're all great people. We're so stoked to have you in our world. We really are. So reach out uh, before next week and let us know if there's anything you want us to cover. Uh, Okay, that is it for special guest Jason Stewart, for co-host Ed Daly, for pop culture correspondent Kate McManus. My name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 199 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.